My name's Asya. And my name's Manvir. And welcome to Audacious Aunties. Oh my god, we did it this that time. That's so smooth. I'm so proud of us. I was actually really weirdly nervous. Yeah. But like, Everybody knows who we are now. That's so beautiful. Um, so do we. I think more importantly, we know who we are, Asia. We found ourselves. We didn't have to go on a gap here. We just had to record three seasons of Audacious Aunties. <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about. Anyway, now that we've got through that, um, how are you? I'm good. Um, I'm just a bit phased because going through an essay, but I'm so good. I whipped out my violin after like two years of not playing it because... i love that you have it in edinburgh with you well that was basically the thing because my mum was like why don't you just like pick up the violin again i paid for your lessons for 10 years of your life and now you've just like thrown it away and i was like you know what you make fair points you know, i'm gonna take it up to edinburgh and i'm gonna like relearn how to play it and it's been beautiful and like in the midst of my essay stress i've like picked it up you know plucked the strings felt like home again it's great Aww, that's so beautiful have you played any of it the main thing i remember about your violin life well there's two things firstly all your the fact that you were in an orchestra for so long and then secondly that you you knew you know how to play the pirates of the caribbean oh god the pirates of the character like, oh god see it brings back happy memories but also very cringy memories so basically like i was in an orchestra that wasn't the school orchestra it's like a birmingham schools orchestra and um so like in that orchestra we played pirates of the caribbean um but then when we were like leaving school when we had that concert um with all of the leavers playing their musical instruments i was like i guess it's time to be part of a school orchestra now <laughs> and um yeah so they chose to play parts of the caribbean then as well but like i hadn't played at that point the violin for two years too so i picked it up literally the day before the concert was about to start and i was like time to like learn how to play parts of the caribbean again and um yeah it went really terribly like there was this bit when i remember the conductor being like you can be as terrible as you want but just make sure that you don't play when like the whole orchestra is like silent on this very critical point and what do i do when the actual concert comes i play a note when everyone else is silent that's so tragic i know here we are um, anyway sorry to have brought up so many sad <laughs> memories <laughs> swiftly moving on <laughs> i mean it's not now. sad it's just cringy i, I shared memories. it with the world um thank you for being my therapy <laughs> No problem, any time, you know. Um, moving on. I actually, I am good also. Yeah, oh, I was meant to ask you, let's go again. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I am good. I'm alright, you know, I'm just like so brave and strong. You are so brave <laughs> and strong. Um, no, I am making the day and actually it was really good because basically since third lockdown started, I haven't cried yet and I was kind of concerned because I was like, I just need to like get a good cry out of my system. Not for any particular reason, just to like, you know, the vibes. And then yesterday I was watching The Serpent on BBC uh-huh. and I finished it and like that show was really, really intense, like super intense. And like, I don't know why I watched it at midnight by myself, Yeah. Um, but I was like really like, 
caught up in my own mind after I'd finished watching it and like kind of shook and then on top of that I was just thinking about the fact that I was in lockdown and then I started crying and it was really beautiful that's so good because I know you have a hard time with like crying when you want to I feel (laughs) I feel like we have these conversations very often where you're like everything is so terrible and all I want to do is cathartically cry but like my body's just stopping me um so I'm really glad that you managed to do it this time thank you and the problem is often when I start when I do eventually start crying after being desperately trying to cry I get so excited that I almost ruin the crying because <laughs> you're so happy to have cried <laughs> amazing anyway so generally feeling great feeling energetic and rejuvenated yeah that's good right are we ready to get into the episode then yeah we're like a good five minutes in um so okay, i think okay, this fine. is generally the time when we start to like think about the episode <laughs> i there's so much to get through today and actually like i don't know it's just like an interesting movement that i've chosen oh i'm so excited okay cool okay so, tell me the backstory the backstory and finding this movement was so i if all our eager listeners remember from a couple of weeks ago when I went on that saga of finding different movements and it just wasn't working but then during that saga I managed to like put a couple of movements in the queue Mm -hmm. so today I was like oh I don't want to use one of my queue movements yet like I'll see if I can do any more research Uh spent a long long time and uh, trying to find like going to different areas in Africa like North Africa South Africa all the different areas that you could think of Mm -hmm. specifically typing in movements and it's sad because especially on Google a lot of like these kind of movements somehow always link back to America and it's just really annoying it's like no I don't want to do an episode about America do you know what I mean are they also all like end of 20th century 21st century exactly there was like on Wikipedia they had a list of I think it was a list of Ghanaian artists and I was like oh perfect and all of them were from the 20th century which is fine obviously but it's like I don't understand why I can't we can't seem to find anything pre-20th century for this season no one cared before then and like when I say no one I mean like the people in power which was like the colonizers and the colonizers just didn't care until they started like fetishizing African culture and it's just such that anyway so then I was like okay I've done this for quite a while so I was like I'll circle back to this um and I went to my backup queue to Ah. see what's happening there and actually when I was looking more into one of my backups there is an element of North African culture and art in this movement so I decided to just go for it you know that's good okay so this movement that we're doing today is called the Hurufia movement Mm -hmm. and this is an aesthetic movement that emerged in the second half of the 20th century among Arab artists Mm -hmm. and like spreads across the Middle East and North Africa and basically the movement itself combines traditional Islamic calligraphy with ideas of modern art at that time and basically just wanted to combine traditional and modern stuff and make sort of a visual language Mm -hmm. that was very specific to these cultures and um like abstract art yeah 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 abstract art vibes and so it would be like abstract like different kind of modern art movements i think like um you know movements and 
I'll get around. I have a list later on that specifically looks into what the different styles were. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was, yeah, they would get abstract art and incorporate Islamic letters into it in a calligraphic way. Oh, I see. Um, And the social movement aspect of this, because this is very much an art movement, but obviously this season is all about the social movement aspect to it. So we're... So the social movement aspect is that this whole movement came about and, like, was sustained by the idea of, like, national pride and regaining a sense of national identity for a lot of these nation states during a time when they were trying to shake off colonial rule and Uh assert their own independence. Uh So it's very much, like, one of the biggest pillars within it was about straying and avoiding Western art techniques and Western art tropes and influence. It was all about creating their own movement within their nation states. Uh Um, Wow, I respect that. So that's sort of, like, the movement vibe. The name itself, the Hurufaya movement, um, comes from the word... Where's it gone? <laughs> it comes from the word. Do you want me to start talking in the meantime? Yeah, you talk. Um, yeah, I found it. Okay. It comes from the name Hurufi, uh-huh. which was an approach like of Sufism that was all about mysticism and it was like a doctrine in the 14th and 15th century all about mysticism. Oh, I see. So, that's where the word comes from. And then the fear bit is like letter, so it's like the letters of the mysticism. Oh, I really like that. Yeah. So, I like generally with Islamic calligraphy, it like has such a rich, rich history. Like, it's such an integral part to like the culture, like, sort of like a worldwide culture that has come that unites Muslims across different countries. Like, in our house, we have loads of... In fact, even in here, we have examples of calligraphy, and downstairs, we have three portraits of Islamic calligraphy. So it's, like, really integral integral to sort of showing your pride in your religion vibes. So... So one of an art historian, Sandra Degger, has described Hurufaya as the most important movement to emerge in Arabic art in the 20th century mm-hmm. because it rejects Western art concepts and grapples with ideas of artistic identity, culture and heritage. Mm-hmm. And actually, in an interview I read, it's it had a very lovely quote that basically sums up what I'm trying to say in far more poetic words. Mm-hmm. Um, It wasn't just a matter of finding a new aesthetic language and imposing that as an original source of inspiration. It was about bringing a new aesthetic to the language of art. It's not a trend that is limited in time. It started as a cry for independence and originality, but it turned into a pleasure of expressing identity, not only of being original, but also of who you are. I really, really like that. I like how she makes movement something much more than a struggle and something that can actually be enjoyed because that's ultimately what makes something sustainable yeah exactly and like it's so the symbolism and the messages the the root of this movement are so transferable and like able to like bend and move with time as different Mm -hmm. things arise oh lovely 
that is like the groundwork of this movement uh-huh. and it's what I really love more interesting facts this is basically just gonna be a whole episode of me just saying how wild this movement is because it's just so like unique and interesting That's good. so the way that this movement has manifested is because it obviously it spans across such a large region of the world um it's very it manifests very differently in all of these different countries um so for example in sudan the movement was known as the old khatoum school and assumed a distinctive character in which both african motifs and calligraphy were combined and like mediums such as leather and wood replaced canvas and that was very distinctive of an african style whereas in morocco the movement came with traditional mediums of oils and they favored dyes like henna and embraced weaving and jewelry and tattoos and that's how it manifested mm-hmm. in jordan it was known as the al hurafeya movement in iran it was the sukkah khana movement so like although they all had their roots in the Hurafea movement they like manifested and like became known in lots of different ways yeah and what was particularly interesting as well is that it was saying that in some of these places there'll be like schools of people who would all get together to sort of do it together Mm -hmm. and in some countries there would be people who were practicing this art and they wouldn't even know about one another it would be a very individual experience oh i see so they knew about the movement but they didn't know about the schools or is it like they were doing it before the movement even came up no it's in like they would like say there were two people in iraq who were doing it mm-hmm. they wouldn't necessarily know each other yeah. or like know that both of them were into this move it wasn't like it wasn't like a collective thing for uh-huh. some people it was very much individual and they've just taken inspiration from the wider movement oh, whereas then in some other places it would very much like if you wanted to do it it would be part of a collective like you would uh-huh. be you would know the other people who were part of it oh, okay. so, so it was like a voluntary community based kind of like stuff yeah, exactly. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful. What particularly annoyed me oh, okay. was that despite the fact that it's such a great movement, like I really stand this movement, the Cambridge Companion to Modern Arab Culture said whilst acknowledging its importance in terms of encouraging Arab nationalism, it's neither a movement nor a school. What? Does it say why? Or is it just like, oh... It's great it's just being no. salty. Oh. I don't know why. Interesting. I'm Gosh, nine. that's terrible. I know. Because it's really so overtly like, political. Did anybody ask for your opinion, Cambridge? Did anybody ask for it? No. Yeah, why are Cambridge giving their tuppence on it? Because it's the Cambridge companion to modern Arab culture. See, I think this is such a like a good thing to point out about why we are doing this season. Because as we've like said so many times, it's so hard to define something out of the West as a movement because it's always known as something else or just completely disregarded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And this is like a perfect example of that. Yeah, and you can never trust what you necessarily read mm-hmm. in things such as... I just, I don't know, I guess there could be a debate for it, and obviously I'm not a scholar in this movement, although my brief half an hour affair with it has been very informative, but still, I'm not impressed. Um, Yes, so, as I was saying before, there are like a couple of different um, art forms that it 
wait, 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 wait. That scholar who you quoted earlier, mm-hmm. they referred to it as a movement, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there yeah. you go. There's there's all you need to know about it. Exactly. Yeah, I don't need to hear anybody else's opinion. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, um, sorry, continue. So there were, like, different schools within the movement. Uh-huh. I love that this says schools within the movement, and, like, two sentences before on the Wikipedia, it has the quote saying it's neither a movement nor a school. Anyway, <laughs> um, so there's pure calligraphy, there's neoclassical calligraphy, mm. there's modern classical, which would blend calligraphy with geometric patterns, and then there's calligraffiti, which, <laughs> I love that. Which is so cool. I love that word. Yeah. Um, which is like modern, um, sort of reshaping the letters, traditional letters yeah. in the style of graffiti. Uh-huh. There's free form calligraphy, there's abstract calligraphy, mm-hmm. and just like different combinations. So, like, there were loads of different styles within the movement. You weren't really held yeah. back by like how you wanted to do it. But, like, the most important thing was they were just about combining Arabic letters and especially like parts of like important Islamic words and ideas mm-hmm. into wider paintings. Yeah. That's so- really cool. But also, so because they like go back to like classical calligraphy and stuff, does that mean that along with the style, the actual letters changed as well? I assume that like, yeah, because like calligraphy is so versatile, mm-hmm. so it would change depending on the style that you were doing it with. Mm-hmm. Like the base letter itself would stay the same in terms of being recognisable as the letter. Yeah, but would it change in terms of like modern English and medieval English, like and how they're different, in a sense, like different languages? Yeah. Well, I think that it's because all of these have a root in Persian. Mm-hmm. So I suppose, yeah, in the sense that language changes. Okay. But it, at so the they same weren't time, just doing it on style, they were actually doing it in terms of like where the language was at the time. Yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. So we're going to be talking about two artists okay. who are both really cool. Yay. The first one is Madia. Madia Umar uh-huh. and she is known as one of the pioneers of this movement amazing and she was born in 1908 okay. and in Aleppo mm-hmm. and she was one of the first she was the first female to receive a scholarship from the Iraqi government to study in Europe mm-hmm. and wow what did she study? she studied very good question Amanda um, <laughs> I'm guessing fine art she studied teaching okay she, she, so the Wikipedia says she trained as a teacher at the Maria Gray Training College in London in the 1930s uh-huh. graduating with first class honours in arts and crafts oh, she then taught at the Academy of Fine Arts in Baghdad Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. So she went she was born in Aleppo and then she eventually um moved to Iraq and became an Iraqi citizen. Um so she's, you know, moved around a bit. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm gonna give you a link, send you a link to... Yay! Luckily, very conveniently, she has a website. Oh, amazing. That her granddaughter created. Wow. And the little note at the top is literally so adorable. It's a dedication from her granddaughter saying, To Didi, as I affectionately used to call my grandmother, this website is dedicated to your great legacy. I hope that we can bring your beautiful, lifelong body of work that has inspired so many back into the light and by doing so continue to inspire other artists for many generations to come. I miss you bigger than the world. Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) My little heart. Oh my gosh, wow. Maybe I'm going to start crying in this episode now. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. I just think it's really gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Send me the link. Oh, have I not sent it yet? No, come on. I want to see too. Oh, right. Okay, so I'm going to send you a link and we're going to... It has like loads of paintings on it. We're going to look at as many as you want, basically. Okay. But... Oh no, I know what I'm doing. I keep on just putting it into the Chrome tab as opposed to actually sending oh it. Oh my god, you fool. <laughs> I've done it like four times, that's why I'm so confused. God, I really need to go to bed. Okay. <laughs> By the now way, I think we're like we're already a good 23 minutes in. Oh no, we good. might just have to do one artist then today. Oh, okay. Oh, I was not expecting this. I know, it's so interesting and unique. I'm so taken aback. Wow. Like, I can't even... Because I obviously don't know Persian script, but also, like, you can't see the letters in first sight. Yeah, it's definitely a... You need to really understand what you're looking at to, like, find the letters specifically. But it kind of goes in with her original message of, like, the ability to be abstract, like the fourth yeah. image, bottom right. Fourth image, bottom right. One, two, three. The blue one. Yeah, like you can see the um, letters in that. Yeah. It's like the 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 gold that's going from the top of the. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really cool. Minarets. That's... Minarets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know why I thought that wasn't a word for a second. <laughs> That's really cool. I really like this. Um, and they were also different as well. Like, she... She didn't, like... Okay, so I knew that it wouldn't be geometric, but I also... I, I didn't really know what to expect when we were talking about, like, her work being abstract. Because they are all so, so different from one another. Um, and in lots of them as well, like, you can see some patterns, but in some of them you can also see, like, buildings and stuff too. Um, and they're, they're all so far removed from one another, like, it's really hard to pinpoint a specific style, um, which I like, I appreciate a lot. Um, yeah. Wow. I don't know, obviously, I think that there are definitely some of these that aren't Islamic calligraphy, like, necessarily part of the Hurafaya movement, they're just, like, her own paintings. Uh-huh. Um, but then, I do know it's interesting because I feel like I can tell which ones are incorporate Islamic calligraphy, but you can almost tell. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can start, like, now that I'm scrolling through more, I can start to see where some might and some might not, because it seems like she goes back and forth between, like, landscape painting and then um, her calligraphy. And um, it's kind of interesting to see how sometimes the two of them come together a bit. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, she definitely does a lot of nature-based paintings. And then 
there's like portraiture as well. Oh, is that a bit further down? Yeah. Okay, I'm scrolling. Oh, yeah. Wow. Whoa. Did she do all of these? Well, I would assume so. It would be random they, you know, were under her painting section and weren't her paintings. <laughs> They're all so different. It's it's shocking, you know, one woman can, like, do so many different styles. It's yeah. really good. Um, I really like the one, I don't know whether or not you're going to see this, but it's a man and he's facing the side. Um, he's and, facing the side? Yeah, and he's wearing some kind of, like, military, naval, potentially, uniform. Oh, I see which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, he's sitting down on a stool. I really like that one. That one's really cool because it almost seems like the outline of his body, especially his face, is like glowing a bit. I get you. I get you. Yeah. Also, the hair is really done well. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Wow. Shaking um, on many levels. But what an icon, right? Yeah. She's I so love cool. This person. Mm, I'll definitely look at more of her work because it's like. You see one, but you don't know like how it's gonna change. You know, it's because their style's changing all the time. You can't, you can't guess. But this is a good. So the other, there are like loads of different artists in the Hurrapea movement who are well known. And if you look at any of their art, mm -hmm. it's all so different. But they're all part of the same movement. But like literally, no artist like has the same style or the same way of incorporating Islamic calligraphy into their work mm. but it's all under the same umbrella which I think is really beautiful that's really yeah that is really nice you know just this one uniting factor for so many differing styles that's really it's beautiful man so Aww. that's me Thank I could go sharing. on about this for a long time I feel like I've just we've just scraped the surface of yeah. this rich movement. Like I can't believe we're already at the end of the episode, and I just feel like we're only getting started. But to be honest, I feel like that with every episode, and maybe yeah, it's because you know we've only like looked on Wikipedia for half an hour before <laughs> we start the phone call. But it's fine. <laughs> you learn something new every day, you know. Exactly, but no, this Sash, was this really good. All, this was always meant to be a springboard podcast. <laughs> yes. We're not here for the detail, we're here to inc for you to go, oh, that's interesting, and then do your own research. We're all about the engagement, what can I say? Exactly. Yeah, baby steps. Um, but no, this is amazing, and I feel like I'm definitely going to have to find something good to um, live to up to this next week. Yeah, I think, in conclusion, my absolute favourite thing about this is just that it rejects western art concepts so like it's literally what we i'm trying to what i've been looking for in terms of just something uh, like a movement that owns itself is about the nations that it encompasses is pioneered by those countries mm -hmm. and their people yeah and it's really interesting as well and maybe i'm wrong in this but western art movements seem to focus more on like stylistic changes whereas this is so overtly political that like the style varies so much in this movement and it's so so different like it just can't be compared at all i agree yeah 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 and um that's why i'm so grateful that you shared it with me today <laughs> um but yeah till next week i suppose yeah that's all oh, oh we need a jingle oh 
Ooh, melodic. I like that. Um, well, thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And um, that's bye. all from us. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Yeah. At Audacious Aunties and at Audacious Aunts on Instagram and Twitter, respectively. Respectively. Bye. Bye. This audio was brought to you by Manveer Dobb and Asya Iftikhar. We don't know much, to say the least. But if you would like to share your thoughts, knowledge, criticisms, fan mail, then pop us an email at audaciousaunties at gmail.com.